Welcome to Bourbon and Breaches, where we cover one of our favorite bourbons and the top five most interesting breaches from this last week. You've got the Hacknose team here. I'm Steve. Mike. Hey, I'm Nikki. This is Miguel. <laughs> Great. Uh, so let's jump right in. Um, well, actually, before we do, uh, I did want to ask a question of Nikki. So, Nikki, um, so far you've been wowing us with some of your... Uh, shirts from the last weeks. I think last week was a taco shirt. What's going on this week? Uh, well, this week on the fashion line, we have a shirt. It is breathable. It is white. It is covered in pineapples. I thought those were peanuts. No, they're pineapples. Okay. And the exciting part about this shirt is I got this maybe like six years ago and I can't ever wear it except for times like these because it's covered in stains. But because of this little square, you can't see all the stains where it's like, it's like ramen, it's like ketchup, you know, so. so that was a shirt right for COVID. Yeah. That was just hanging in the closet waiting for a global pandemic. I saw it, I saw it, took a shower this morning and I was like, that's the shirt. That's yeah. it. That's a subtle flex on actually showering today. <laughs> well, with that uh, non sequitur, uh, I'm very excited because this week our bourbon is Maker's Mark. And I have it, and Nikki has it as well. Don't you have it, Nikki? You got, I just got a bottle earlier today. Next to your taco shirt. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and pull up their site. Uh, but one of the reasons that I am excited is Maker's is by far my favorite uh, daily bourbon. It's not... Um, maybe not the best sipping bourbon I've had, maybe not the most special bourbon I've had, but uh, on the scale of do I drink it daily versus, you know, anything else, Makers is it. Um, go into a bar, it's always Makers, um, if they have it, which they almost always do. So um, Makers is a fun bourbon because they do all these crazy things. Uh, so first off, um, they always dip their bottles in this red wax. And I've heard that if you go to their um, distillery, they will sell you an ungodly amount of items made out of red wax. They must buy this by the ton. Um, they hand dip every bottle. Um, and uh, little known fact, uh, Makers is owned by Suntory. So Suntory, a uh, famous Japanese whiskey distillery company, uh, they bought Makers, I don't know how many decades ago. Um, so it's actually a Suntory brand. Uh, so for a good time, make it a Suntory time. Um, so Makers, uh, we've got their site up here. Uh, they have pretty much just Makers. That's what they sell. You can get it in different strengths. So you can get Makers. Maker's 46, which is just a little bit stronger. Maker's Mark Cast Strength, which is just straight out of the cask. And then they've started to do these private finishes and selections. So they've, they've started to get creative. They will re-age their makers with different wood slats. And I've even seen you can special order makers uh, with different wood slat finishes to give it different charred oak flavors. Um, so that's a little bit about Makers. Makers is also one of the most well-known weeded bourbon. So as we talked about in our last episode, 
bourbon is at least 50% corn, but for the mash bill, uh, you once you get to 50% corn or 51% corn, you can play around with the rest of it. Some people like to add in rye, some people like to add in wheat. Maker's has a very distinctive flavor, I think, because it's not only weeded, but it's malted. <clears throat> so I pulled up a site here that actually had the mash bill, 70% corn, 16% wheat, and the 14% malt. And I think the wheat really gives it a nice light, sweet flavor. The malt gives it, uh, I think a lot of its distinctive flavoring. It's, uh, it is uh, a lot of that, I mean, it's hard to compare it to beer, but if you've ever had just a really sweet, pleasant beer, got a lot of that flavor to it. Um, and then a little bit more background. Uh, it is, of course, in Kentucky outside of Loretto. Um, and I think that's it. So let's go ahead and pour some makers. Have you tried all of the different variations of makers, Mark, Steve? I have tried a lot of variations of Maker's Mark. So I've had Maker's, Maker's 46, Maker's Cask Strength. Um, fun enough, I was in uh, Tokyo and uh, I was in the Tokyo Whiskey Library and uh, I wanted to start off with one that I knew. So I had the Maker's Cask Strength, which was uh, by way of Suntory from Kentucky back, back to Japan. Um, so I've tried all of those and then I've tried a few of the, the special finishes. The, the thing they, they do with their special finish, finishes is there could be thousands of different finishes that they use. So there, there could be a lot of different varieties of makers and it's, it's only going to change the flavor ever so slightly. So, uh, Nikki, you got your makers? I also have my makers. Good. So, uh, Quick little rundown, um, nice toffee color. Um, Makers is known for smelling really sweet. So, and fruity, I, I like to think of it as on the nose, you get a lot of uh, caramel and, and uh, burnt sugar, uh, but I think it's almost a cherry fruitiness to it. And compared to the flavor, uh, it's much sweeter on the nose than, than on the flavor. It's not an overwhelmingly sweet bourbon. Uh, it's got some sweetness to it. Um, you know, I still get a little bit of that, of that cherry on it. Maybe it's, it's from the, the uh, aroma, maybe it's from the flavor. Um, but what I love about it is it's got this really distinctive uh, mouthfeel. It just feels really like silky smooth. Um, and then it doesn't go away. Like if you take a sip of Makers, you will continue to taste Makers for a long period of time after having had that. And so Makers just sort of sticks with you, sticks in your mouth uh, for a long time. Um, not much else to Makers. It's available everywhere. Uh, unfortunately, as opposed to last week, I'm sure they've won multiple awards for it but we just don't have a nice little label if you work for makers and if you've won a double gold from the san francisco uh bourbon contest um let us know because we'd be happy to, to tell people um you know makers well-known bourbon uh 
one of the best things about it is uh, the price. So, you know, it, it ran an ad campaign years ago um, saying makers, uh, if it, something like if it looks expensive, that's because it is, or if it, it tastes expensive, that's because it is. They really set out early on to make themselves uh, an expensive bourbon, um, but quite the opposite. Uh, I buy it by the um, half gallon, and um, you know we're talking about uh, thirty dollars or even less than thirty dollars uh, for a typical uh, seven hundred and fifty milliliter bottle. Um, so very affordable um, if you're on a budget, um, and still something that you can you know nicely sip. Without further ado. Uh, let's jump into the data breaches. First one comes out of ZDNet. Headline reads, info of 27.7 million Texas drivers exposed in Vertifor data breach. Vertifore data breach. Um, top line, Vertifor is an insurance provider or insurance software provider. And um, they basically just took ownership of the fact that uh, sometime between March 11th and August 1st, uh, there was human error that resulted in uh, files being unsecurely stored and obviously from the headline 27.7 million uh, you know, data points at least are available on the dark web. Now, uh, the firm didn't find any evidence uh, but they, of, of any hackers going in there and taking advantage of the human error that was made in-house. Um, but they, they are, Vertifor is, is preaching caution and uh, offering free credit monitoring and identity restoration services uh, because they're basically saying, yep, we messed up, sorry about that. Let's you know, get you a couple of, uh, of, of protection services because are bad. <clears throat> um, good question to kick this off is, is that enough? So um, let me add a wrinkle to the story and, and then I, I want to talk about it. So I hate everything about this story, um, but I tried, because I'm in Texas, I tried to sign up for their identity theft services and I got this message. So not only did we have a um, company that uh, somehow got my driver's license information because I'm in Texas um, and then mismanaged it and let hackers get it, uh, that, that would be bad enough, but uh, we, I can't even sign up for their free identity theft. Um, so thankfully I have identity theft from like five other places, but th this is just the, the, the final cherry on, on the shit someday. Um, because I couldn't even sign up for what they're offering. The, the biggest problem I have with this data breach is I don't know who this company is. I have no relationship with them and yet they hurt me. And a license is something that you have to get something that you have to have. So you're just kind of thrown into that situation where. This is one of the reasons that understanding third party risk is really important. And one of the reasons that we work in third party risk and I spent so much of my career in third party risk is because 
I believe that the company that we're talking about is a solutions provider to other insurance companies. And so it's the insurance companies that have the state issued ID or a copy or the driver's license number. Uh, and I think that they're, they're handling their customer data is the insurance customer data, which is your consumer data. And so it's a, it's a third party of your service provider who actually lost the data. And, and that's the, that's the weakest link, right? Because it's, it's, it seems far more difficult to do something like attack a super large insurance company that's spending millions and millions and millions of dollars on security. But once the data leaves that infrastructure and enters another infrastructure where it's going to be handled by somebody and left, you know, as you said, in, in an insecure server, uh, that's, that's tough. Well, shouldn't it be like some sort of consent? Let's say that if a company is like trading, so to speak, your information, you should give your consent. I mean, in order for the company to do that, because one thing would be to willingly, like you said, Steve, provide your information to a company. But if that's com if that company is going to be trading that info, at least you should be noticed the way that I see it. Yeah, I, th that would be great. But, but that's not how it currently works in the US. There's no federal data breach law or even federal data management law. Uh, in the US. Um, California added uh, a law, um, but a lot of these laws are, are really poorly thought out and really, really poorly written. They, they need to very specifically be targeting companies that are trading in people's data in mass. Um, you know, a lot of these laws can be very vague about what data is protected and they apply to everyone, right? You know, I have a responsibility for protecting my users' data that they give to me. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm operating in a very different way than this company here. My, my users are, are actively giving me their data. Um, this company just took it, right? And, and so that, that's a big problem. There's no concept of, of consent when it comes to data. Yeah, that's bad. All right, ready for number two? Yep. All right. So our number two data breach that we'll be covering today is provided by InfoSecurity. The headline reads, hackers steal 46 million records from kids game developer. Um, I don't know if anybody has kids here or if they throw apps at their kids, but uh, Utah-based developer, Wildworks describes Animal Jam as a virtual world in which children aged four to eight years old can play online games with other four to eight year old children. Um, I thought it was a crazy concept, but apparently there's around 46 million account records um, that were stolen by these hackers in this breach. And what are y'all's thoughts on this? I think we are just beyond the bridge. I think on a side note that we are, we are starting way too soon with the online world. I mean, if kids are playing from age four and I get it and I'm definitely not against kids playing a game, definitely not against that. I mean, they should, I mean, it's fun, it's entertaining, but to need to go into a social world online to do that. I think it's way too premature the way that I see it just, it's a side note. Yeah, I, I agree with 
Miguel. Um, I understand a developer making a game and, and wanting to have accounts. And I understand uh, those accounts being associated with an email. That's, that's all very standard. But I think we really have to think about um, how we treat anyone under 18. And, and I, I, I think that uh, there should be a period where if you're under 18, you don't need an email to make an account. Um, or maybe we need some sort of way of, of having disposable emails, you know, uh, but I, I think that one of the most scary things is that, um, child identity theft is uh, a huge racket. Um, people will look for social security numbers of children and exploit them because uh, children are, are much less savvy. Um, they're not going to be monitoring their credit. Um, they're not going to be monitoring um, really anything having to do with, with their identity. Um, and parents usually don't either. Parents are much more concerned about, about their own identity. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's incredibly scary. Once you start accepting information from children or from people that are under 18, um, I think that you take on uh, a responsibility to safeguard that. But, but there's got to be a better way. Can't, can't, we, can't we have, you know, these kids have accounts and do it in a safe way where it's a disposable email that just disappears once they're 18? Kids can learn a lot from interacting with technology, but it's always a danger. Uh, now that now that the internet's always on, you're always connected, um, and you should take precautions. and And parents should be smart. They should be making throwaway email accounts that are not really associated with the kid. They should also lie, right? Lie about the kid's name and and age, and you know, just completely lie and uh, make sure that the kid is guarded. Um, but everything that you do online is recorded, and it's never going away. And as early as you put these kids online. Uh, that's when they start uh, possibly being a victim. So, all right, number three on this week's roundup for the data breaches comes from Bleeping Computer. Headline reads Popular stock photo service hit by data breach, 8.3 million records for sale. Um, the stock photo site is called 123RF. Uh, they are reported to have about 8.3 million user records that have been hacked, found on a forum. They receive over 26 million visitors per month. Um, and uh, from samples of database seen, uh, they, they contain you know, full name, email, hashed passwords, companies, uh, phone numbers, addresses, PayPal email. I don't know why that's tied in there, but uh, IP address. And uh, luckily, because it's a free stock photo site, there's no financial information stored. But um, you know, with all the points that were just listed prior, it just seems like a lot, especially for a service that is kind of promoting free stuff. They took a lot of information. What do you guys think about it? So, you know, uh, one is 
marketing site. Thankfully, not a lot of financial details, although like having a PayPal email makes you vulnerable to PayPal phishing attacks. Um, so that's a concern. And then, um, you know, 8 million's a relatively small number. Um, it sucks for those 8 million, but um, you know, it's still pretty small. Um, and uh, we should already have this. Uh, Miguel we can, do. Double, can double check yeah. on that. Oh, we already do? Yeah, we, we do. Yeah, have we had this for a while? Yes, it's been a few months now. I don't think, yeah. I mean, even though it's been published recently, uh, that's been there for a while. I mean, available mm -hmm. in those non-sanctum forums. Yeah, it's weird, Nikki. We've already, we already have this. We already knew about this. I'm, I'm wondering, news day? Is, it, is it they got hacked again or it's not news, it's olds? Uh, ready for number four? Let's do it. Yep. All right. Data breach number four comes to us directly by way of Android police. Pluto TV likely suffered a security breach affecting 3.2 million accounts. And because it is a free channel that offers free content with ads, it's, uh, they're saying it's all good because there's no credit card info at stake. Um, but you know, accounts still contain names, addresses, passwords, birthdays, device platforms, IP addresses. The only thing that looks like they're missing is blood type, you know, like it's, it's all over the place. Um, with almost Everyone able to offer free services or free something online, but requiring uh, certain information is, do you believe that there is such thing as anything for free on the internet? What are your thoughts? So you, you joke about them not having blood type, but I swear there was a porn site that got breached within the last 12 months that included blood type. What? That's crazy. But, but why? But why? <laughs> so that's a, that's a cultural thing. Uh, evidently, in Japan, um, blood type is a thing. People use it as uh, some sort of matchmaking thing, where they they believe that people with different blood types may be more or less compatible. It's like extreme horoscope, but right. with blood. Yeah. 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 It, yeah. I, it's it's a, a slightly more scientific way of uh, dealing with, um, you know, compatibility, and 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 there is a dating site slash porn site. I don't really know which, but probably both. Um, and it included blood type, and and it got it got breached, and people's blood type uh, was stolen. Not that that would really. I mean, I guess if they wanted to harvest a kidney or something. They could find you, but otherwise, not not that that would actually help the hackers in a lot of ways. Um, what are we talking about again? <laughs> I don't <laughs> think to answer your, to answer your question, Nigi. I don't think there's such a such a thing as a free stuff or freebies. I mean, not only in the internet. I mean, Especially when when people like sometimes it would be offered. You know, start your account for five dollars or just give 
your email address, <laughs> license number, blood type, you know, like it's almost like cost comparative at the very beginning. What is it worth this money right now or a possible, this shady organization is going to lose all of my information. And then I have to deal with that. Like when I first heard this story, my first thought was Pluto TV still exists. And then I thought, did they just fake this data breach to let people know that they still exist? Like a PR stuff? Yeah, notoriety. Mm -hmm. Be and I think it's a humble brag to say that they lost 3 million subscribers. It's like, really, Pluto TV? Really? You had 3 million? You just had to slip that in there. Hey, there's 3 million of us and growing. Would you also like your identity stolen? Yeah, I mean... If it is a marketing ploy, that would be like probably the stupidest marketing ploy ever because it's unless like somebody read unless somebody read the, this this article and was like, oh, they have all the old TV shows that I really like mm -hmm. for and free, and I would assume that they're fixing all of these issues right now. So if and I they're sign more up secure than before. No, that was my exact thought. My only takeaway from this is I should, check out, I, I should check out Pluto TV. It might have some stuff that I like and I only have to watch ads. So, you know, it works to some degree. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I hope they didn't leak the data for marketing. But if they did, it kind of works. Savage. <laughs> yeah. So It's Pluto definitely TV. out of the box thinking. Aggressive move and sometimes it pays off. We'll Pluto TV. If you don't care about your identity, it's free. <laughs> I would say if you don't care, it's free. If, that's the that's the tagline right there. Because I mean that's a lot of accounts. And it doesn't say if that's all of them. Maybe they had more than three million, you know? Like it's just But if it's free, what'd they steal? Well, if it's free, they still have to create an account. So yeah, still... but people create accounts with us and like we don't make them tell the truth. We're like, what's your name? And I was looking through some of the recent names. There's a lot of jack offs in uh in our system. So Well, maybe they listen to your advice on one of the previous videos. Right. They they're lying about who they are, and I, I yeah. commend them because we don't need their name. They, they can put whatever they want in that box. We just need, you know, whenever we send them an email, it'll be dear jack off. <laughs> if they're having a bad day, that's just going to be just a mwah. The chef's uh, that's on them. Is... That's on them. Well, yep. Pluto TV is still a thing and 3.2 accounts, 3.2 million accounts were affected. Uh, but yeah. The yeah, thing about makers is when you buy it in bulk it's hard to lift like it becomes <laughs> a chore because the yeah. awkward shape although no joke if i could buy a barrel i would i mean it would be it would be clunky and annoying i'd probably put it over there or something um but uh if i could yeah, buy but you wouldn't lift it more than once i mean trust me i'd you figure out a way it. yeah I'd, I'd get like a a siphon i'd oh i'd put it on tap <laughs> Oh, yeah, make it the house. Tap would be Run great. it through the house. Oh, yeah. the The more the more you buy, the heavier it gets. The more you drink, also the heavier it gets. The lighter it gets. 
There's an inflection point though. <laughs> it's slowly getting lighter. Okay, ready for number five? Let's do it. Okay, yep. it's too bad Shu's not here because this, this is happening in his backyard. Uh, let me share my screen. So the last breach that we'll be covering today that came out on the weekly roundup is straight from uh, KOMO, I like to call it Como News. Um, and that's the Seattle news station. I don't know how to properly refer to them, but uh, this is an interesting story in that, well, first the headline, we were hacked. A local business warns about data theft from their Facebook account. Um, so basically there is a small business. They do, um, so they do like environmentally friendly manufacturing clothing. They're called Lumber Union. Um, I'll just read it. That will sound better. A Seattle small business lumber union makes fashion apparel with manufacturing processes that use environmentally friendly means to process cotton that is 100% grown, milled, and sewn in America. So basically, uh, they were building the business for years. They had created a process that took many steps. It's basically a trade secret that probably nobody else would want to redo because it was just so extensive. Um, but they built it over years and they were working with third parties. Uh, so they built it over years and they were starting to build their lists and do all of their marketing efforts and start selling. Uh, and they wanted to wrap it up. So they started using third parties to handle their data. And to, I think that third party, third party, was actually handling its Facebook ad account. And that's where they got uh, infiltrated. Uh, you know, the CEO admits that they weren't following adequate online security protocols, like regularly updating passwords or employing two-factor authentication. Um, but he was looking at all their metrics and he was like, yeah, this is when everything just turned sideways. It was August of this year, even through the pandemic, they were still going strong with all their plans and, you know, going through with their goals, but August, some hiccup happened. They looked into it and that they had third party handling their Facebook ad account probably did something a little bit wrong and everything went out of whack. Um, this happened in August. And as this story released last week, uh, that was when they did the follow-up and, uh, you know, the CEO was saying that they just got a hold of a Facebook rep to help them out. I mean, like, if this is going to be the source point of everything going wrong and them starting to reach out August, maybe September, and, you know, two months later starting to get a, a call back from rep and getting help from Facebook, it's kind of tough, you know, for them because they have nothing to do. They're just kind of, okay, we got hacked. Okay, we, we don't know what is happening within all of our what is tainted, what is good, how do we proceed? Um, they're not confident as of now. I mean, they've been in business since 2015, so it's five years now. Uh, but it is tough to see small business getting affected like that uh, and not getting you know, help from first, who do you go to? The hacking police. And then you go to a Facebook expert rep who's handling your ad account 
it's kind of tough. Uh, what do you guys think about it? Have you been to their website? Uh, Lumber Union? Mm-hmm. Is it? That looks about right. So I'm just going <laughs> to leave their site on the screen while I talk about this. You know, I feel like they've got a very distinctive brand. Um, and I feel like they'll bounce back. Um, <laughs> I did not know who they were. Uh, but now I clearly do. Um, I found a distinctive lack of lumber um, and also a distinctive lack of flannel on their site. Uh, they had some plaid, but when I hear lumber union, I expect flannel, heavy duty uh, denim, um, and lots of beards. And I, I did not see any of two that. out of three <laughs> so um you know according to the breach i was very confused by the breach it sounded like their facebook was hacked not their website and you know i don't really know what results that would have very very murky um but uh just goes to show no business uh, no matter how many underwear models they have on their site, uh, is immune to hackers. I think that's it. Final thoughts? Today was a weird one. It is the mix, the mix of topics. Is, it's, it's a real weird one. So. <laughs> you picked the topics. I, it, was the, it was the interesting ones that hit the hardest at the moment, but when you put oh. them all together in one, sometimes there's a little too much pepper in the soup and is what happened today. Well, I think that actually depicts hackers really well. I mean, they're a weird bunch. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, the, we, we are at the mercy of the hackers and the breaches of the week. Um, but so far, hackers have not been letting us down. The breaches have continued to be interesting. Uh, this has been a Bourbon and Breaches by Hack Notice. If you like what you saw today, uh, like, follow, tweet, tick, and talk, and subscribe. Uh, and if you have suggestions for additional content that we should be producing, let us know. Uh, until then, tune in next week for another Bourbon and Breaches. Bye, everyone. Cheers. Bye, guys.